I want to talk to you this morning on why Christmas. We've talked about, you know, God loving us and God caring for us. And, and I know this is a great time of year. This is the time of the year that we begin to share our love with one another. And we do it through the giving of gifts and, and the making of fudge and candy and the gaining of pounds. It's just a lot of fun. But there's a reason why the season is, is upon us. There's a reason why Christ came. And, and to be honest, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. And there are many passages of Scripture that we could look at. We could look at Matthew 1. We could look at Luke 2. But I want to go in Scripture to a very familiar passage of Scripture. Perhaps you haven't looked at it as a Christmas story, but I want to turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 2, if you don't mind. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can turn there if you would like. I want to read to you this very familiar passage. It's been, it's been read many times, it's been preached many times, it's been memorized by many, and it just encapsulates, it, it puts in a concise, understandable package of what Christmas really is. Paul writing to the church in, in Philippi, and, and he's talking to them about their character, their conduct, and who they are, and who they should be in, in Christ Jesus. And, and, he, and he's dealing with some issues that have arisen in the church, and about people having preeminence one over the other. And and he goes on to, to tell the church how they should conduct their lives. And this is what, this is what Paul says in, in Philippians chapter 2, beginning with verse 5. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want you to look at this passage of Scripture, for in it Paul gives us the very understanding of why Christ came and the culmination of his victory over death and over sin and God's ultimate goal for humanity. Because God's ultimate goal for humanity is written when Paul said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you live. I don't care uh, 
what you do in life. There is coming a time when this world is over that every knee will bow to Christ. Every world leader will bow to Christ. That neighbor that continually gives you opposition is going to bow to Christ. There is coming a time when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, you are the one, you are the one that saved humanity. You are the Lord, you are the king over all things. Do you realize that even the devil himself that one that bothers you, that one that torments you, that one that tries to, to twist your mind and to, to grab your heart, to make you to live in despair and in anxiety. Do you realize that, that the devil himself will bow his knee and confess that Christ is Lord? <coughs> it's a powerful passage of Scripture. The culmination of all things is in Christ. But why? Why Christmas? Why Christmas? Paul starts off by saying this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, let this attitude, let this train of thought be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was in the mind of Christ? What was he going through when he decided that he would be born of a virgin. I believe one of the things that was going through his mind is, is that he understood that when we were created, when humanity was created, we were made in the very image of God. Genesis 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, that when we were created before the fall of Adam and Eve, that we were sinless, we were perfect in everything that we did. And I wish this mic was perfect too. But, but God created us in his image, and, and Christ knew that. Christ also knew that after the fall, that, that the curse of death was pronounced on humanity and that man could not redeem himself. Adam's sin has been inherited by every single one of us. There's no escaping it. There's no getting around it. And I don't care how beautiful that little infant is that's born into this world. There is a nature of sin in that child. And sooner or later, that child is going to say something, do something that is going to be contradictory to God. It's in us. How many here have ever stolen anything? Don't raise your hand because I don't want you to. From the time you were a child, stealing cookies out of the cookie jar. Shame on you. Did anybody ever have to teach you how to steal? How to lie? It's built in us. It's built in every single one of us. It's the nature of sin. All of us have it. All of us wrestle with it. All of us find it contemptible, and yet it resides in us. The nature of sin. 
and we could not redeem ourselves. Paul told the church in Rome, he said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, speaking of Adam, he said, And death by sin, so the death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. All of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. That there is no way that anybody, no one can redeem themselves. As much as we would like to try, as much as we would like to to ascend into that, that former estate with, with God that, that where we were created in His image, we would like to be there, but can't attain it on our own. Scripture goes on to tell us that the Imago Dei, the image of God, was but a former image of what God intended, that, that after the fall, after we fell, after humanity dropped the ball, after sin was pronounced and, and the curse of sin and death, it, it transformed us. We, we were still made in the image of God, but it's just a former image. It's just a blurred picture of what God truly intended. And it affected every aspect of our life. It, create, it affected our relational aspect of our life. Ephesians 2.14 says this, For he is our peace, speaking of Christ, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of petition between us. Do you realize that when, when we were living in our sinful state before we knew Christ, before Christ came into the world, when, when death reigned and ruled in our lives, that there was a middle wall of partition in between us and God, that we couldn't speak to him clearly, we couldn't get to him the way he wanted us to get to him and the way we wanted to get to God. There was a, a blockage, there was an obstacle that we could not surmount. Our relational aspect of, of, of God was diminished. I didn't want to do that. Our, our substantive, our very nature, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and, and beyond cure, beyond cure. Who can understand it? There's no way that, that, that our very nature has been defiled by this thing called a carnal nature by sin. That we're no longer what God intended us to be. Our very function, Genesis 1.26 said, let us have dominion over all of the world. And yet, yet we find ourselves fighting against it and trying to, trying to do and live the way that God has intended us to live. And, and we fall short relational and substantive and functional. Why? Because of the nature of sin. So humanity was lost and without hope, walking in darkness, walking in despair, walking in desperation, searching, ever searching for light, for hope, for promise. And it was that night in Bethlehem's manger that God's redemptive story started coming to pass. God knew that man's redemption had to come through a perfect sacrifice. Jesus speaking, or Paul speaking in, in Hebrews of Christ, he says, for it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should 
take away sins. Wherefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice an offering you didn't want, but a body you have prepared me. Christ came, that child was born in that manger to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. To restore us to the Imago Dei, the image of God that he had created us to become. I love what, what Philippians 2 says, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. You ever think about that? What does it mean to be in the form of God? Being in the form of God, it, there, there's a couple of categories of the attributes of God that we, could, that we could break down. The first one is the transcendent attributes of God or characteristics of God. And it's those things which separate God from, human, from man. It's, it's his omniscience, his all-knowing, his omnipotence, his, his all-power, his eternality, whether it's temporal or atemporal. There are things about God, his transcendent characteristics that are far above us, that he has always been and always will be, and yet we were created, and he's the creator. Sometimes I think being omniscient would be great. But then I think, I can't handle what little I do know. So when Christ, before he was born, had transcendent power, he was all-knowing, all-powerful, he was eternal, temporal, atemporal, lived in time and out of time. Also, there are moral attributes, his holiness, his love, his goodness, his peace, his joy. All of these things belong to him. And scripture says that he laid them aside. Here's what scripture says. He made himself made himself no one made him he made himself of no reputation he wasn't bragging on himself he wasn't when if he was if he was at the awards he would not have gotten up beyond the podium and said i thank god for all the skills that he's given me he made himself of no reputation he chose, I want you to think about this for a moment. He chose to set aside his transcendent characteristics, his all-knowing and all-power. Here's what Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Christ chose to lay aside his transcendent power he had the power to get rid of the devil. He had the knowledge to get rid of the devil. And yet when he came as part of humanity, when Christ came, he decided that he was going to destroy the character, I mean, destroy the enemy, not with his power or his glory, but with his very character. He defeated the adversary with his holiness. He defeated the adversary of our soul with who he is, not what 
he can do. He was holy, he was righteous, he was sinless, and he defeated and conquered death by who he is, not what he could do. And he has conquered death and has given us hope and life and victory, not because he is God and because he has all the power, because he is righteous and pure and holy, and he now allows us to live in that same holiness with We can enjoy the, the blessings of this season. And, and I know this is not, not a, a traditional Christmas message, but my heart is so full of appreciation for God. My heart is full today. When I consider the fact that Christ came and I know he had charge over angels. And if he, he, he had control over the elements of the earth. And yet he destroyed our adversary with his very character. So it goes back to our original question. Why Christmas? And it goes back to what our brother Chuck Martinez said that was penned by the Apostle John. Imagine when he was writing those words that we've all memorized multiple times. I wonder if it brought a tear to his heart, to his eye, and when he considered the fact that for God so loved the world. And you say, well, you know, I, there's a lot of reasons why Christ came, and yes, there is. But why Christmas? Why did he do it? It all comes down to one thing. We know what he did. We know how he did it. But why he did it comes down to love. 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 God loves you. When you when you think about John 3:16, next time you read it, would you put your name in it for God so loved? Jesse, for God so loved Phil, for God so loved Dale, for God so loved you. And that the only reason we get to enjoy this season, the only reason we get to enjoy and celebrate our victory over death is because God loved us. So if you're here today and you think God doesn't love you, can I encourage you to, to read the scripture? Because it is a love story about God's love for humanity. 
about you. About me. I'm going to ask our praise team to come. Back in uh, December 2005, December 8th, 2005, there was a, a guy that was, had been charged with, uh, with crimes and he was sentenced to life in prison. His name was Robert Clark. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole at the age of 21. And, and when he was sentenced throughout the trial, he said, I'm innocent, I have not done this. They had the trial, there was eyewitnesses that said, yes, this is the man. They sentenced him. Then 23 years later, December 8th, 2005, DNA testing proved that he was innocent. 23 years in prison for something he did not do. How would you feel? It's been stated, it's been marked by many that, that served with him and that those that were around him said that he always had a smile and always had a good spirit. 23 years of people thinking one thing about him when he knew in his heart it wasn't true. He was asked, he was asked by a reporter, he said, for 23 years you, you have proclaimed your innocence and now you're innocent. He said, and for those 23 years you kept an up upbeat spirit. He said, what kept you from being full of dismay and bitterness? He said, the one thing that kept me from it. He says, I knew my mother always believed in me. And yet here we were, we were sentenced to death, and if we weren't innocent, we were guilty. And yet Christ came because he believed in us. When Paul said, let this mind be in you, I wonder if I could challenge you today. Let's have that same mindset of love and humility for those around us. Realizing what Christ has done for us. And that light that shined in Bethlehem so many years ago. Let's let it shine bright in our lives. That others may see him in us. 